Welcome, Bears fans, to another episode of Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're two Jamokes who wonder just how many Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pops it takes to get Roquan Smith back on the field. <laughs> According to the Bears, you have to ask him that question. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, kick it off. Yeah, thanks everybody for joining us again. Follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. We're one week closer to the regular season. We got one of the fake football games out of the way. Uh, nobody got injured from what I heard. And that's really the most important thing in the preseason is you want to avoid injuries, which it sounds like the Bears did for the first game. We got and the Jets didn't. Yeah, the Jets. Yeah, they lost their quarterback for a while, Zach Wilson. So too bad for them. The Jets seem to have that problem every year, though. They're just one of those cursed franchises for the last (laughs) decade or so, along with the Bears. Um, But I think that for the most part, the takeaways from the preseason game were that it was fine. I didn't really have high expectations going into it that the Bears were going to come out and be running super exotic plays and just be lighting up the scoreboard. I thought that they played well. There weren't any terrible miscommunications or not being able to get the ball snapped in time or get the play in on time or ridiculous penalties. I don't think Fields or Simeon had any horrible throws that I can remember. I didn't can't say I was fully engaged for the Nathan Peterman experience, (laughs) but I I think at least for the first half, they looked all right. Yeah, um, I I feel the same way. Um, There seemed to be a a little malaise out there that there wasn't more done um, out there in the Twitter sphere. I, I didn't feel that way at all. I felt pretty positive about the whole thing. I felt like uh, you know, Roquan you know, got to get out there, or <laughs> Roquan was the only one that wasn't out there. Uh, I felt like Fields got to get out there uh, and mix it up some. Um, you know, what I felt was more exciting, uh, other than, you know, seeing our quarterback. How great is that just to say our quarterback? You know, we're not, for once, we're not flaking out about who's actually going to start. Right. But, um, to see our quarterback out there, and then to see some of these guys that you know that we've brought, that uh, Poles has brought in to kind of shake things up, and some of them making good. Uh, I mean, yeah. I was super excited to see Braxton Jones yeah. do a very decent job out there against Frank Clark. Well, that was one of my takeaways from the game: is that it seems that Braxton Jones has the inside track to be the week one left tackle. So. That's a bit of a surprise. Typically, you don't see rookies starting at left tackle unless they were drafted very, very high, like top 20 picks high. Right. I'd I'd love to know when the last time a rookie started his first, his team's week one game at left tackle when they were drafted in the fifth round or higher. It (laughs) doesn't happen very often unless teams are ravaged by injuries. And even then, I, I think that, Left tackle is one of those positions where if you're taken on day three, you're usually sitting for the first year that you're on the roster. But right. not only was he out there with the first team, when the Bears pulled their starters, they pulled him too. Yeah. And sometimes you'll see that a rookie will get some reps with the ones, and then when they pull some of the veterans, the rookie stays out there and gets some more reps with the second team. But that didn't happen in week one with Braxton Jones when 
Eberflus pulled the starters, Jones was out of the game. So that suggests that unless he gets injured or unless he's a complete train wreck in the rest of camp, he'll likely be the starting left tackle week one, which is a really interesting development. Yeah, I mean, for one thing, you got to be applauding for the kid, right? I mean, um, but this is what we're supposed to see from polls, right? I mean, this is supposed to be one of his things, right, is is that he should be able to build us a cohesive uh, offensive line. And while, you know, we've still seen very, very little, and this isn't, like you said, these are the the pretend games. Yeah, I mean, everything we say today, like, we're not going to, we're not going to, we understand it was one preseason game. We're not going to caveat every single point with the fact that it was run, like, we get it, right? Yeah. yeah, we're reacting to what we have to react to right exactly. now. Exactly, and but I just uh, you know it was it's just great to see uh, that kid uh, work his way uh, into the starting lineup and keep that spot in the starting lineup. And like you said, uh, it says a lot that that kid got pulled out along with the rest of the starters. And uh, I I think there. Was there a bigger was there a spot on the line with a bigger question mark than left tackle just you know three months ago before the draft? Three, I don't think there was. Three weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. they signed Riley Reef. What three four weeks ago? That's now, true. Everybody thought that he was going to be left. Yeah, and he didn't play at all week one in the preseason. Makes sense. He's a veteran. He just signed with the team. He's probably still getting his legs under him a little bit, but it might be that. Jones plays the left tackle spot and Reef's your starting right tackle week one. That sounds a little bit better. Like if Jones is actually good and he can actually go out there week one and play a competent left tackle and Riley Reef, who isn't great, but is a solid NFL veteran, he's been around the block. I don't think any of us are expecting him to make the pro bowl, but you hope that he can at least go down there and play decently enough at right tackle. Then that, tackle situation is sounding a whole lot better than it did like you said a month ago where we were kind of looking around and thinking is it going to be Larry Borum is it going to be Tevin Jenkins who I want to get to or is it going to be somebody else that we're not even thinking about right now and if it turns out that it's a rookie that everybody thinks really highly of and Riley Reef, who's a serviceable veteran that's not too bad of a job done by Ryan Poles and the other thing just going back to Jones for a minute his teammates are also saying really good things about him, too. Yeah. I've heard both Reef as well as Cody Whitehair, who are two veterans, saying really, really nice things about his camp and how hard he works and how prepared he is. And you like hearing those things coming out of camp. We've had plenty of instances over the years where the Bears draft players and all you hear are negative things yeah. during training camp. And it's just like, this guy's a complete idiot, or this guy's back is broken, or this guy has <laughs> one arm and the Bears somehow missed that. So... The fact that, like, <laughs> I, I wish I was joking. I, I wish I was joking with some of that stuff. Like, obviously, the last one was a joke. But it, it, you, you know, know what's funny about that though is I'm actually picturing it. Wait, wait! This guy only has one arm. <laughs> <laughs> this guy here is dead. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, that's the tackles. And the other thing is too, Tevin Jenkins, somebody that we've talked a lot about on this podcast over the last couple of weeks, sounds like he's been running 
at right guard in camp, and it sounds like he's going to start at right guard in the game tomorrow in Seattle. And he played a little bit at right guard in the first preseason game. It was in the second half. But if he is able to slot in at guard, obviously that's not as important of a position as tackle, which is what he was drafted to play. But if they think they can salvage him and turn him into a good NFL guard, then that's something, too. I mean, Tevin Jenkins has talent. He's a huge offensive lineman. He's a great athlete. It looks like he should be able to play the position so if maybe they think it's not going to work out a tackle for him but they can make him into an above average guard that's another thing to get excited about because it means that you didn't completely waste another second round pick last year yeah and um you know uh he has the window and i don't i hope somebody if he doesn't recognize it himself i hope somebody says to that kid look uh, you know maybe things haven't gone uh, like you like you thought, but right now you have a window of opportunity in front of you because that sack that Schofield allowed oh. was a bad was a bad yeah, sack. That's the old uh oh. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's like this guy can't play anymore. Wow, <laughs> you don't want to overreact to one bad rap. It's he he just got into camp too, so he's got time to get up to speed. But uh, I agree. Yeah, that was. But it was bad. That was ugly. And Chris Jones is a pro bowler. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just that you would not expect uh, somebody to get blown out that badly. <laughs> not somebody that's played in the league for ten years or however long he's been around. Right. So. So, but I just all I'm saying is I hope that somebody pulls that kid aside and says, "Hey, look, um, you've got an uh, you." You had a door of opportunity open for you, and you, you know, this is your chance to this is your chance to seize it. So, I don't know. You know, it it, it is always really hard when we don't have any information. And uh, you know, of course, he came back, and they kind of acted this whole. Uh, well, you know, uh, he was just out with an injury thing, and like, let's just sweep it under the table and not talk about it anymore. But this, you know, there's not anybody out there that thought he wasn't practicing because he had an injury. I mean, what we we are not going to know what happened with Jenkins, but whatever it is, I'm hoping that he has reestablished his mental yeah. self and is, uh, you know, looking at it like, okay, you know, I, let's go forward. It might have been that they just told him we don't see you as a first string tackle, and maybe. He originally got angry about that, and then it took him some time to get over it. I mean, he's only, what, 24 years old? It it wouldn't be that out of the ordinary for a 24-year-old kid to get some bad news, and maybe it throws him off for a few days. You know, that's just speculation on my part, but it was Ian Rapoport and Peggy Kaczynski tweeting out the stories about him having issues with the coaching staff, like... Those are very, very highly thought of reporters. They weren't, yeah. they weren't making that up. There was something going on there behind the scenes that we likely won't find out about. And if it is true now that he is ready to go out and still try to win a spot on the offensive line, he's probably more talented than almost any other offensive lineman they have on the roster right now, just in terms of raw physical ability. And like you said... It sure looked that way last year. Yeah, and, and like you said, I mean... He's not going to get traded to another team and walk into a situation where he's the day one starter unless he goes to 
Atlanta with Ryan Pace, right? But, so they, uh, interestingly, uh, they have um, Jenkins still on the depth chart behind uh, Riley Reef on, on at right tackle, but we know for a fact that um, he is getting uh, the reps at, at right guard. Uh, you know, just to quickly touch on it, last year that was one of the things was when he came out on the field, I was like, wow, that dude is big. And when you look big on TV amongst other big guys, that means you're pretty big too. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, that, that part of it, it looked like he fit the mold of, you know, being big and athletic. Uh, which, oh, that's one of the things, too, about Braxton Jones. And I understand he is quite athletic. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He's uh, he, he's an athletic specimen based yeah. on all the scouting reports. Yeah. It, it's really bizarre that somebody like that was playing in college at Southern Utah because he's huge and right. he's fast and he looks like he is uh, NFL offensive tackle, so... Why he was in Southern Utah, maybe we'll find that out when he gets out there. If he looks <laughs> completely overmatched, but it's something to keep an eye on. I am excited to see what they do with Jenkins tomorrow. Iberflus has said that the starters are only going to play like five or six plays, which right. why put him out there at all is kind of my opinion on that. But I, I bet Jenkins will get more reps than that. I bet he'll. Yeah. I bet he'll get a lot of reps at right guard, and he'll be playing well into the second quarter, maybe even all through the first half. Brief aside here, like, doesn't it seem really odd that the Bears have a short week in the preseason? Yeah, like, um, that that feels kind of like BS to me. Like, yeah, like you you would think that that just wouldn't happen. Period. Like, not only did they play Saturday, now they have to play again Thursday, but they have to fly to Seattle. Like, <laughs> so, like, they probably only actually got like one or maybe two practices in in between games, which right. kind of feels like the league didn't. Like that, that kind of feels like the league screwed them over a little bit. If you, they were going to play Thursday in Seattle, why couldn't they have played Thursday last week and then gotten a full week of practice? Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, well, well, of course, but what it comes right down to is uh, revenue. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they got to put somebody on uh, Thursday night, so it might as well be them. Um, you're right, though. The other uh, part of that is the fact that they have to fly across the country uh, and play in Seattle, which is uh, that's 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 a rough double duty, right? Yeah, there. and I think because a lot of people were a little bit surprised at first when Everflu said the starters were going to play less in week two, and I think that's just because of the short schedule. I think that yeah, they're basically just saying, hey, we got our guys some reps five days ago. We're not exposing them to more contact on a short week, which yeah. makes perfect sense to me. It's just a little bit unfortunate that the schedule worked out that way. I don't really understand why that had to happen, but obviously, like you said, it comes down to money. They probably wanted the Bears playing in that island spot on Saturday, and now they want them on Thursday just because a lot of people watch the Bears. So right. whatever, that's a brief aside. I, it's preseason. I don't really care that much. Honestly, the fewer snaps the starters play is usually better, in my opinion. Right. Fewer chances of them getting hurt, which, by the way, Justin Fields slide earlier in the preseason. <laughs> like, you know, so uh, I'm glad you brought that up, though. What the hell? Why wasn't there a flag there? There's no explanation for it. You know, because I looked around to see if there was, and I couldn't find anything about it. Like, it just got swept under the carpet right after it happened. It was a late hit to the head. It was a textbook. We've seen roughing the passer penalties for a lot less than that. Yeah, diving at 
diving at fields. And I just, I, I, I didn't, I was like, anyway, the only reason I wanted to touch on it was that would, you know, that happened some last year too. Yep. And, 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 uh, he, and he talked about it. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping that that's not any kind of uh, foreshadowing. Well, I mean, for years, Cam Newton never got any calls. It's, I know. So, they play a similar style game. And so I thought that was BS. I, I did, too. And I think it's BS now, because you know if it was Rodgers or Brady, or I mean, that player would have been ejected from the game for doing that. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, it, it penalties shouldn't get thrown because of who the player is. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. Yeah. I understand the league wants to protect their stars, but Fields could still be one of those stars. There's no good reason why a guy blowing him up in the preseason while he's in a slide shouldn't have been a flag, and I didn't see any real explanation for that. Hopefully that doesn't continue into year two, and the NFL protects him a little bit better. Yep. Um, the other player that I really wanted to call out is that uh, Jaquan Brisker, he might just be like awesome, awesome. <laughs> he he is he is fun to watch. He yeah, flies around out there. He's huge. He is looking to take people's heads off. He's looking to go for the ball. He was around the ball all game. I know there were a lot of Bears fans, myself included, that questioned that pick just because there were a lot of wide receivers that were taken immediately after him and. A box safety just isn't as valuable as a Pro Bowl wide receiver, no matter how good they are. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that looks like the kind of guy that, as long as he stays healthy, could be considered an all-pro in a couple of years. I mean, he just he looks the part, and he plays the part. And it's going to be that that's going to be a fan favorite for Bears fans, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I was really excited about the pick when we made it. Um, I had watched uh, some video on him, and... Uh, he he really looks like uh, an all-American athlete when he was at Penn State. Um, the part I, of course, was more excited about was, as I've talked about many times on this podcast, is you know I, I've I've haunted the Bears about their about Pace's idiot move of letting Adrian Amos go <laughs> to our hated rivals, and it looks like we. We finally got that that hole fixed. This guy looks like a lot a lot better than Adrian Amos. Absolutely, and you know the uh, just the fact that those both of those players, his first two picks, Paul's first two picks, look like they're both very solid starters. Um, now we haven't seen Gordon on the field yet. We will see him tomorrow night. Yep. Uh, but uh, I feel like you know that. You and I have talked about it. This could drastically change the secondary, which it drastically needed done. Yeah, exactly. And the secondary was probably the worst in the league last year. It was certainly in the bottom three. So if you're able to draft two day one starters, one of which looks really good already, the other one we think is going to be really good. We'll see Gordon tomorrow for the first time, like you said. That... dramatically improved an important area of the team secondary is not important as wide receiver but it is still very important you need to be able to defend the pass in this league so if polls thinks that he found a potential all pro safety then by all means because 
next year, you know what? There's going to be in the draft like 12 more awesome wide receivers. Right. There's going to be awesome wide receivers in the draft every year. And every year we From see, now on. Yeah, and every year we see trades in the wide receiver market. Like three awesome wide receivers got traded this last offseason. And there's free agency. So the Bears will get their wide receivers next year, I think, whether it's through the draft or through trade or free agency. So if they wanted to upgrade the secondary... By all means, go for it, and it looks like hopefully they hit on those picks. And again, like it's one preseason game, but just everything you hear about Brisker, just the way he's been in camp, the way he approaches the game, the way he looked week one, I think that's just going to be a slam dunk pick as long as he stays healthy, which is always the big question mark. Right. Um, So uh, uh, Larry Mayer over at ChicagoBears.com, he did a piece uh, about... Uh, five players that stepped it up in the preseason opening win, which, by the way, I did want to point out to all you fans out there, it was a win. <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, I, hey, I know that sounds goofy, but um, there is a, a correlation between uh, the amount of wins uh, that you have in the preseason and uh, your uh, final record. Uh, there's, it's a very loose correlation, uh, but there is a correlation. Yeah, it's all caused by the Ravens who win every game in the preseason. Every day. <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, coaches do believe in that stuff. I mean, Belichick believes it. Harbaugh believes it. There's coaches. Yep. There's coaches that believe that the preseason doesn't matter at all. And good coaches, Sean McVay thinks that. Like, he makes no bones about the fact that he doesn't play anybody in the preseason. So, who knows if it's true or not? But if the coach believes it, then. You know, it's their decision. It's their team. Yeah, and, well, I just think a win is better than a loss. So Absolutely. And, honestly, like, a bigger thing than even the players on the field is just, like, because, obviously, you know, in the second half of a lot of these games, it's guys that are running around that aren't going to make the team. Sure. But the coaching staff is still learning things. They're still learning how to work together. They're still learning how to evaluate close calls for challenges. They're still learning about clock management and timeout management and all that stuff. So, with a new coaching staff... You know, you, you, you at least getting them in a situation where they're coaching through a close game and winning it, that's something. Yeah, and I, I do realize that uh, at the end of the first half, uh, we were getting blanked. Um, you know, they, uh, I think it was 14-0 at half. Um, so we, we, we definitely got bitch slapped in the first half. Well, there were a lot of guys out on the defense too. I mean, yeah. Lamar Jackson started the game at cornerback. Yeah. Have you, so have, you heard, was, have you heard of him? <laughs> yeah. All I was saying, you know, is just that, uh, is that they did get a win. So, uh, but, uh, the first guy that, uh, he has listed here is, you know, we've got the, we, we have some injuries going on with the receivers. So Tajay Sharp. Yeah. How about that? He got his, uh. Uh, he he got uh, out there and he he made the most of it. He had that amazing one-handed catch uh, from Justin Fields, uh, which by the way, Fields put that. As far as I'm concerned, like that was the only he was the only a person that would have had the opportunity to catch that ball. So um, and he did get it there. Now, of course, Sharp made an incredible play on the ball. But it does take, you know, a pitch and catch. So yeah, that was good. Listen to the Dan Orlovsky breakdown of that. He was very complimentary towards what Fields did and how he read the pressure and got the ball, like you said, in a perfect spot. So And, and uh, it, it's interesting that you mention Orlovsky because Orlovsky hasn't been real kind to Fields uh, uh, this offseason. Not to the Bears in general. Yeah, so... 
Um, but uh, you know, he uh, he had two catches for 44 yards. Uh, that's that that's pretty outstanding. And like you said, opportunity. There's spots to be had all over this roster. So absolutely. If, if somebody, absolutely. If somebody like that who's kind of bounced around the NFL wants to step up and grab a receiver spot on this team, then by all means. Uh, number two, he pointed out Daz Newsom. So we're going to a receiver again. Uh, you know, our homegrown pick. This is positive feedback. Yeah, for positive Daz? positive yeah. feedback. <laughs> even though he did, he he, he uh, hey Newsom. It says right here. He says I was trying he, when he when he got the touchdown uh, towards the end of the game. There, uh, he you know he got a 13 yard touchdown pass. Um, he he said you know I was trying to make up for the punt I lost. But it still didn't make up for that, you know. I got to make that play, um, you know. Hey, the kid, the kid should have got to play at least, you know. I'd say four, four or five games last year yeah. when we were in the total crapper. But for whatever reason, Nagy didn't want to play any of the future, uh, you know, any of the draft picks until the very last minute, and so. Um, I would have liked to have seen that kid get some play last year. So you know he's just trying to make the most out of what he's what, out of what he's getting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was an air of aggressiveness. It was a bad mistake. I think he had a drop too, but he did get the touchdown at the end, so he saved it a little bit. Yeah, he'll play a lot tomorrow. I mean, he you know he, he won't even, maybe he doesn't even make the team. But I, I'm just saying you know he, he he was trying to make use of the time that he got out there. Yeah. Uh, now. The uh, the next one, I'm pretty sure that there was there was a lot of positive buzz about him. I saw on the, on the web, Jack Sanborn, linebacker yeah. from Wisconsin. <laughs> you know, uh, you know when we're uh, when we're seeing a a, a linebacker uh, get his name on, on on the screen, we're happy guys. So um, you know it, that was a uh, he had a he had two uh, he helped the Bears generate two takeaways. Uh, interception, fumble recovery, five tackles, and a tackle for loss, and a tackle on special teams. Yeah, several several years ago, uh, Dan Bernstein on the score invented the Ken Mastroli Award <laughs> that gets awarded to the player that has the best performance and meaningless preseason action, and Sanborn won it. I mean, he was awesome. I mean, it was fun to watch. He was flying around on there on defense and on special teams, yeah. which is important because if he makes the team it'll likely be in a special teams role absolutely and so he was one of the undrafted free agents that the bear signed that i have been keeping an eye on just because he was such a good player in college and he has the potential to be one of those kind of fan favorite guys at the bottom of the roster just kind of that scrappy special teams player that just makes a bunch of tackles and isn't really that good but just kind of goes out there and still makes an impact at least on special teams so it was fun watching him yeah and he's um uh wearing 57 uh that's a that's a that's a good number for a scrappy player yeah, right it is. so uh, i guess he went to lake zurich that's what it says here um so uh at, you know uh, anyway that's that's a nice story right there yeah uh Dante Pettis, so another receiver. Um, you know, uh, he uh, it, it it says here that um, you know he he was uh, a little bit shaky on special teams, but you know still trying to do it. But uh, you know, caught a twenty-five yard pass. Um, he is again, like you said, one of those uh, players that just has kind of been snake bit throughout his career. Uh, you know they. They invested nothing to 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 pick this guy up, mm-hmm. 
Um, and you know he and he and he could make something. Six uh, one one ninety five. So he's got good that that's good size. Yeah, I'm just looking up you Dante know? Pettis right now, and he, he was a rookie with the Niners in 2018. Yeah, and he caught five touchdowns. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, it's just that since then, he hasn't really done anything. Yeah, I mean, like, so, yeah, so that was 2018, he played 12 games, and then 19 played 11, 2020 played 7, 2021 played 3, so it seems like he's had some injury issues, but yep. second round pick, so obviously had some talent, and maybe there's still something left in there. Was he play? I, I missed the Dante Pettis experience, was he, <laughs> was he out there in the second half? Yeah, he was the second half guy. Eh, so. Well, hey, we'll, we'll see if, I mean, he, he might get some run tomorrow. So yeah, we'll yeah. See. And then the last guy uh, Mayor had uh, was Trevon Coley. Uh, which I was like, who? You're going to have to help me on that one. <laughs> Sixth-year Poe, who signed with the Bears on August 5th, what, wait, what uh, plays defensive tackle. Oh. And uh, he he uh, missed all of last season with a foot injury that he got in preseason with the Titans. Uh, registered two sacks in the second half. All right. Yeah, so... Um, he said, uh, it was a great feeling being out there last year. I had an injury that took me out for the whole season has appeared in 44 NFL games with 31 starts over four seasons with the Browns, Colts and Cardinals. So, um, you know, Hey, uh, we, we definitely need another guy in the rotation, six foot one, 310 pounds, uh, has uh, a career, uh, 14 tackles for loss. Uh, you know, that's great. We we need another guy in that rotation. Uh, you know, Eberflus uh, is known for making a lot out of his defensive guys, and uh, so a guy that was uh, you know come in to get to get a chance, and it sounds like he's fully healthy. Hey, more yeah, I mean, power. It's easy to shrug some of these guys off, but like I said last week, there there's nobody running around out there that can't make this team. Right. Like, there are so many openings on this roster that. <laughs> If you've got a little juice and you go out there and make uh, and put some positive tape in, in these preseason games, then by all means, this is one of the worst rosters in the NFL. So this is your best opportunity to catch on somewhere other than a couple other teams, which we might get to later. But exactly, you know, it, it's all players to watch and. Especially guys like Pettis or what was the guy's name that you just said? <laughs> Trayvon Conley. Like guys like that that have a little bit of an NFL pedigree. Coley. Trayvon Coley. Yeah, guys that have some NFL pedigree but maybe have been injured or just fell out of favor other places. I mean, <laughs> He's maybe... been on the team for 12 days. All right. Well, hey, that's here's to another week at least. We'll see what he does against Seattle. There's a couple guys you didn't mention actually. or that I guess that was Larry Mayers that didn't mention. But uh, Ebner. He had some nice moves yes. out there. He's fast. Yep. He, he looks like he might be somebody that maybe is fun to watch on a few plays this year. Maybe gets in a little bit of that Tariq Cohen role. Ebner was actually generating a little bit of buzz at the national level. Yeah, he's got some He's got some moves. He made a really nice cut. In, Very nice. It was in the third quarter, so the guy that he juked was, you know, might be working at walmart next week but it was still nice to see and then the other guys uh, uh potentially the best ryan poles draft pick of last year trenton gill the punter. yes the punter <laughs> right we, how could we forget yeah, we're gonna be seeing a lot of him i think and he looked he looked pretty good um so hey if 
nothing else, maybe Ryan Poles can identify punters, and maybe he's found a punter for the next 20 years for the Bears. So that, to me, is probably a seventh-round pick well spent. Yeah, you know, I mean, you do have to have a punter uh, that that, um, does have some skills. The guy that uh, we lost that, of course, had to go play for the green and crappy gold, uh, you know, but... Um, obviously he, he was not a fit as far as the, as far as the money went anymore. Um, you know, this, uh, this kid, uh, actually, yeah, did pretty well out there for his first game. So, um, you know, all I want to, all I want to see, and I just want to see this consistently throughout the whole year is just some, I want to see some spark out there. I want to see, um, you know, players, uh, looking at opportunity and grabbing for it. Uh, and I want to see, you know, the one thing, um, no pre-snap penalties. Nice. That's always good. I mean, that is a big deal. Honestly, like, you know, like, it, it's a little thing. And, it, you know, if the Bears were competing for a Super Bowl, you would take that for granted. But they're rebuilding. And trust me, we've seen enough awful Bears preseason games <laughs> over the years. Like, I remember very well there was one with John Fox. And I think they were playing the Broncos, and they, like, legitimately couldn't snap the ball. Yeah. Like, it, it looked like a team that was drinking out in the McCormick Place parking lot and <laughs> just kind of stumbled in and went onto the field and was trying to play an NFL game. Like, we didn't see anything like that. Yeah. And we saw awful preseason games under Lovey. We saw awful preseason games under Nagy. Like, at least for the first go about it, it looked like a competent operation which is all you can really ask for especially when you're dealing with a roster that's this bereft of talent yeah and i mean it like you said it's a small thing but i'll tell you um with how many uh pre-snap penalties we just watched the previous regime go through uh it was a welcome it might be just one preseason game but it was a welcome sight nonetheless absolutely and It'll be an interesting test on the road. I mean, we know Seattle gets loud in the regular season. I'm sure during the preseason that's a little bit more relaxed. But they will be going on the road, so they'll have to test that out in a road environment. Obviously, the starters aren't going to play very much, but hopefully they show that they can at least execute the, the little things tomorrow in Seattle. Yeah. So And uh, Fields, Fields did make one really nice throw to Mooney, too, so that was fun. And yeah, he was, had, both of those were uh, were nice plays. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, when asked about it, they kind of said, yeah, that's a routine play for us. So if that level of completion is routine for the Bears this year, then that's, some, that's a level of offensive competency that we haven't seen in ever, really. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, know, more, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see. I mean... Obviously, that's QB1 and that's wide receiver one. So if they're building a connection and it's showing up even in a very limited fashion in the preseason, that's good to hear. So, Well, um, I thought it was also interesting. Uh, you know, uh, we were, uh, Jim and I were talking about um, just how crappy it was to uh, see one of the Chiefs players dive uh head first uh, at our starting quarterback when he was sliding uh that's that you know that uh we both feel that that was giant pile of caca and but um giant pile of scat yeah giant pile of scat of course but um but i thought it was so interesting to read uh 
uh, Getsy's take on it because he immediately said, actually, what I thought was most important about that was Fields shouldn't have been in that spot. Mm -hmm. He should have still been in the pocket because he actually had a receiver open that he could have got the ball to if he would have held in there just a just a second longer and that's something that we'll be, we'll be working on and i thought that is a really great way a uh, great um helpful it's good coaching good coaching helpful criticism that it's like hey this is this is the kind of thing that we need our quarterback to be able to do yeah that's great i think bears fans are going to grow to really like luke getsy he just tells it like it is. He seems like he's a really smart offensive mind. I mean, he's a young coach, and he's already had head coaching interviews, so it's possible he's not here very long. But Yeah, that scares me. But Yeah, so he's 38, and he's already interviewed for head coaching roles. So if the Bears have a really good offensive year this year, like he's going to be a head coach next year. But you know, it'll be a good offensive year, which is something we don't see very often. But I, I think that he is just... Uh, really interesting guy to listen to. He meets the media once a week, and like I said, he's very forthcoming. A lot of times, NFL coaches kind of just go up to the podium and just try to get through the press conference and try not to say anything, but he gives you some stuff. So if you try to consume some Bears content throughout the week, Luke Getzey's press conference always teaches me a little something. And, you know, the fact that he's not scared to go out and be critical of the offense and to be critical of his quarterback, I think that's good. That's that's good coaching to me. Yeah. Well, um, I just, uh, anyway, I thought that was uh, an interesting take on it because obviously we were mostly focused on the fact that that sure looked like a, a, an extremely uh, bad hit for the preseason and the fact that it was compounded by uh, no flag on it, and they just kind of swept it under the carpet. Uh, it seemed, out, you know, out of out of line. But uh, anyway, um, all right, should we transition to the negative stuff? <laughs> well, I was, uh, I, um, yeah, we we can. So obviously, um, uh, one of the first things that we started talking about was the bad sack allowed by uh, Schofield, um, and. Just the over uh, that that was one specific play that I saw that really bothered me. Well, I mean, the Chiefs were in the backfield a lot. The offensive line wasn't great overall. I think that's kind of to be expected. The Bears are still trying to figure out who their starting five is. I mean, they've got fifteen guys. It seems like rotating in and out of the first team every week. So I think the fact that the offensive line didn't look great isn't really a surprise. I mean. Even their best starting five, whoever that ends up being, is still going to be a pretty far below average line. So, yeah. you know, uh, and, you know, Komet wasn't playing. Really, none of the tight ends were playing. So it's not like the Bears were really able to give those guys any help. And the Chiefs were blitzing a little bit, which you don't always see in the preseason. So the line was bad. I think that it's not really a surprise that it was bad. I don't really think that's anything to be super alarmed about yet. I mean, it's probably going to be bad anyway, but I don't necessarily think that anything we saw on Saturday was that surprising. I mean, Schofield, like you said, I mean, that was a bad look. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, that was the only thing in the game like, that really was just like, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's 
Pro Bowl defensive tackle running into veteran offensive lineman that just signed with the team. And it was clear who won that one. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Schofield, it'll be interesting. I mean, he's not guaranteed to make the team. The Bears only signed him to, like, I think a million-dollar contract, maybe $2 million. You know, Reef they gave 10 so he's going to be there. But yeah. Schofield is somebody that they could cut and probably not even owe him any money. So, he's still on the bubble to make the roster in my mind. And especially if Jenkins slots over there and looks good tomorrow night, then maybe we're not even really talking about Michael Schofield when week one rolls around. Maybe we are too. It's just, you know, obviously that was a bad first impression. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you have any, anything else? Nothing else on the the game. Um, I did want to point out that tomorrow night, um, Kyler Gordon is going to make his debut, as you mentioned. Um, also, Valus Jones yep. will make his uh, debut. Yeah, there's a few guys, I think, because Jones is coming back. Um, who, else, who else didn't play that's going to play? I don't I don't have a list in front I don't of know me. Why but... I, I don't know why I'm blanking on this. I think maybe Reef is going to play. I don't know. But Iberflue said the starters won't play a ton. I'm guessing Gordon won't play a ton just because he's coming back from injury. Jones, maybe a little bit more, just because I wouldn't be surprised if they try to work him in on special teams a little bit. So you might see him out there maybe a little bit later into the game. Just not as many plays if he's going to be playing special teams. But, yeah, I mean, Brisker was really the only high draft pick to play in the Mm -hmm. first game. So it'll be fun to see those first two guys out there. We'll see how much Eberflus has them playing. They might, you know, maybe, maybe they'll go a little bit longer just because it's their first game action. The Bears cut down to 85 today. Yeah, I don't think they... I saw they cut a couple guys that I had never heard of. Did anything else come across? I didn't really see anything. No, I mean, it was, you know, just a a little uh, mixing. Of course, uh, the one one thing that did happen is the team put Doug Kramer on injured reserve. Yeah, that stinks for him. Yeah, um... So Liz Frank fracture, right? Yeah, that's what I understand. Yeah, so he's out for the year. Uh, so he's out for the year. Um, I I liked that pick. Uh, I think that guy is going to be uh, has a very distinct chance of being part of the Bears' future. Um, he it's you know uh, he, he it sounds like um, Mustafa had already worked his way into the the number two spot. Mm-hmm. Um, behind Patrick. Uh, so, you know, it sounds like Mustafer will probably be at the center spot uh, until until Patrick comes back. Yeah, which I think probably would have happened anyway. I think Kramer was, what, a seventh rounder? Was he a sixth round pick? Either way. He's six or seven. High, high draft pick. So I don't think it was really somebody that the Bears were counting on this year a ton. It would have been great if he had gotten some reps and... You know, I, I think every every scouting report I read about him was that he could d- develop into a starting lineman someday, probably not this year. So it stinks for him that he loses a year of development, but he'll at least be in the meetings, he'll be around the team, and you know, you just hope that he's able to come back from this because it's a local guy that I know was really excited to be drafted by the Bears. Right. Certainly sounded like he was making good on his opportunity. I was hearing a lot of good things about him from the reporters that are out at practice every day. So definitely a a bad injury for him, but hopefully he's able to recover from it and he's back next year and competing for a spot. Right. 
So um, I we we can't uh, do a, a podcast without once again saying, "Yep, we were wrong again." <laughs> <laughs> uh, he still hasn't gotten signed. We made it forty three minutes without talking about <laughs> Roquan. <laughs> you know, there really wouldn't be a ton to say if it weren't for that weird story that came out that. Some random guy was calling other NFL teams. Wait, wait, what was his name? Saint, Mr. Saint, Mr. Omni? Saint Omni. Saint Omni, right. And he was calling NFL teams, and the NFL had to send out a memo to other teams saying that... If to you, all teams! If, if you engage in conversations with this guy about a potential trade, then you are tampering. Like, this, this guy is not an agent. He's not allowed to be representing Roquan Smith in front of the NFL teams. So. Yes, the word prohibited came up multiple times. Well, and when I read the name St. Omni, like, I can't remember when this story came out. I think it might have been Sunday or maybe Monday, but I was, like, doing stuff and I saw this, and I, like, I legitimately thought it was, like, an Onion article. <laughs> but a, a, like, it, it, it took me a solid 12 hours to actually realize that that's a real person. And... <laughs> Apparently, and he's done this before. Uh, yeah, apparently he has some NFL connections. I know he's worked with Laramie Tunsil, and he's worked with another Laramie Tunsil, another right? guy whose name is escaping me. Oh, gosh, this, I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But it sounds like from the limited amount I've heard about this guy is that he's some sort of like a business advisor, or a financial planner, or somebody that does help you know high wealth people with money, but. He's not an NFL agent. He's not allowed to be calling teams and <laughs> trying to negotiate trades on behalf of the Bears. And so, yeah, I got to question how smart the guy is because. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like I don't. I was like, well, maybe it's like an aspiring agent that thinks maybe this is his chance to break into the business. But no, like, yeah, that's not the way to do it. No, like I mean, NFL teams aren't like, and the Dolphins literally just lost a first round pick for tampering right so teams are not going to answer phone calls from some rando that's like calling them up and trying to gauge interest in a trade so all this is uh, this roquan smith story has been really weird I, I think that if we go back to the start of this when we first heard he wasn't going to be participating in camp i think everybody was kind of like yeah you know that kind of makes sense he's earned a second contract this will get done. I think the Bears understood it too, and they were negotiating. Yeah. And then a couple weeks ago, he comes out with the trade request, which at the time I thought was a smart move. I thought it was a really well-timed statement. I thought it was really well-written, and I was like, this guy's really got it together. And then everything since then has been <laughs> a complete disaster. So the Bears did a good job of leaking to Schefter and all the other reporters that right. – it's like Adam Schefter comes out with this article like, you know, I took the contract that the Bears offered him and shopped it around the league, and every team I talked to said, yeah, that's a fair offer. So it seems like the consensus is, if Schefter is to be believed, that the Bears did make a fair offer. So that's... I, well, and you know what? That actually goes just what, what you and I were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, we we posited that... Uh, probably polls came up with a deal that would, that had the, uh, the upside, the potential to be the highest paid, uh, player at his position. Right. But, uh, you know, he had to meet incentives. Together. Right. Roquan was looking for a deal that guaranteed him to be the highest paid player. 
and you know, I I still that's that's what I still believe. Um, you know, I I still think that that's where the two have the gap. And you know, I, I if, if Schefter came out and said that, um, I gotta believe him. Schefter is he is very much on the inside. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, there's few guys that have a pipeline to real knowledge that that guy has. Right. And so, like, the thing with that is then any team that is potentially talking to the Bears about a trade, they're going to ask Ryan Poles, hey, like, what are his contract demands? And he's going to tell them he's not going to pay unless he's going to be guaranteed to be the highest paid linebacker. And then other teams are going to say, well, we're not trading for him. We're not... We're not trading you a first-round pick and then also having to sign him to this contract that we don't think is correctly valued. Right. So that right there shoots any potential trades in the foot. And then you've got this story where it's, you know, and, and we don't necessarily know that Roquan told St. Omni to be doing this, but <laughs> I think the inference is that the two are connected in some way. So you got this whole situation, which seems like a player that's not, doesn't have the situation under control and is acting in a way that I think could loose or could easily be described as incompetent. Yeah, like, well, and, and Tunsil was, uh, you know, another player without an agent, mm-hmm. and this guy just happened to be hanging around with them. So it's not a coincidence. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think Roquan's probably cost himself some money over the last couple of weeks because I, I think any trade now is probably not going to happen, and I think the Bears are going to tell him, hey, if you don't show up to play this year, then you don't get to go to free agency next year because he has to play to get this year of service time. So yeah. they're going to say, hey, we're not trading you. You need to show up and play. And by the way, if you don't want to negotiate with us anymore, we can also put the franchise tag on you next year. Yeah, and you know, we've talked about this before, This, but it's an important point. The Bears were saying, again, he is under contract. Mm-hmm. This is not a situation where he's trying to negotiate his uh, his next deal and he's you know not signing his 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 franchise tender to come in and play he is on his fifth year option right. he's obligated to play this so if he sits if he voluntarily sits that will hurt him well he doesn't get paid first of all yeah if you like I, it's kind of but i think well his image yeah well first of all it's kind of up in the air whether or not He's getting paid right now because the Bears could find him, is my understanding. Um, but he's still showing up to practice. He's still going to the games. Apparently, he's making the trip to Seattle. So I, I don't, and they won't say whether or not they're finding him or not for not being there. But I, I think I, we could probably assume they're not. I think he's probably getting yes. paid whatever he's entitled to yes. be at camp. The way I understand it is that part of this whole holding in i don't know about you i don't ever remember of a, this uh holding in term it's new holding out term i mean we i think we all know that one it's uh, it's but, it's new in the most recent cba right and and you know it, this is the perfect way so the gm can say okay fine we recognize this we understand we want you to understand that we're not at we're not ignoring you. And so if you do these things, we do these things. So, yes, I don't think they're finding him. No, I think he is getting paid. Um, but, you know, at some point, um, when when 
does this have a chance to uh, to come back together? Is is there an inseparable gap now? Yeah, you know, I I I'm kind I'm I'm at this point now where I don't know whether there is or not. Well, it's like it, it's like are the two sides communicating about the contract? He's in the building, so you would think that there would be ongoing daily discussions to try to get this figured out, but we don't know. Like, has one side completely cut off negotiations and they're just basically waiting for the other side to bend? Because even if they're paying Smith now, the majority of his salary is his game checks. And you sure hell know that if he doesn't play week one, he's not getting that week one game check. So at some point they will start finding him or not paying him or whatever you want to term it. And so it's it's interesting to like you said understand like are they talking and also like what's the deadline here mm-hmm. i mean what's kind of the drop dead date where if this isn't figured out he's not ready to go week 1 when i was listening to tom thayer earlier in the preseason he said he would need 12 days so we still got some time we've yeah. got what about 4 weeks until the first week of the season so that would give them 2 weeks to figure this out but if both sides are dug in and they're not going to move and they're kind of just waiting for the for the first kind of sign of weakness from the other party. I mean, this could I mean, this could drag on. I'm at the point now where I don't really have any expectation finally for the first time since this has begun that this will be <laughs> sorted out by our next recording. No, I I, I don't think so. Um and I'm wondering I I'm starting to be of the uh group out there that is wondering whether he's ever going to play for us again. Um, I'm certainly still hopeful that he does. I I think that he's in the right place. I think that he should be playing for Chicago, not just because he's under contract, but I I think he's in the right place. I think this he's supposed to be in Chicago. I mean, if you believe him and everything he's ever said, like playing linebacker for the Bears matters to him. So yeah. he says. I mean. I remember an interview right after he got drafted where he wasn't only talking about Erlacher and Butkus. He was talking about Bill George and Doug Plank yeah. and these famous linebackers in Bears history. So whether or not he knew that or somebody told him to say it, I mean, he's at least said it matters to him. So I think he should be here too. And he, he's unless the Bears find a way to trade him, he's going to have to play at some point because... Right. Like I said, like if he doesn't play, I think it's seven. If, if he's not on the roster for I think seven games this year, then basically this fifth year of his contract just rolls into next year. Like he doesn't, he can't sit out and also get credit for playing the fifth year, right? Even if he doesn't get paid at all. I, I um, so I know you have to play at least eight games. Maybe is it eight? Yeah, because I, um, when that idiot uh, Le'Veon Bell yeah. uh, decided to hold out for the whole year. Um, because they were only going to pay him $14 million. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what they said is that he, all he had to do is play. All he had to do was come back and say, sign his tender and be available for 14, uh, for eight games. That's all he had to do. And he never got that money back by the way. Like no, the rest of his career didn't really turn out the way he wanted it to. It, 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 he, he's ready to Box somebody. He's going to box another running back. Did you read about that? Is it Frank Gore? Yeah, maybe it is Frank Gore. Frank Gore is in boxing. 
Talk about that. Talk about playing 20 years as an NFL running back and then trying to be a professional boxer. Like, I think you're an idiot to, like, to box Frank Gore. That guy will knock you in the yeah, next week. It's like, how many how many times can I hit my head in my life? But, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the, the Smith thing, it's like, and, and even if, like, like I said, like, even if he shows up and plays those eight games, say he does that just for the sake of getting out of this fifth year, the Bears still throw, could throw the franchise tag on him. Like, they can still drop that hammer. So, oh, yeah. like, he is going to have to play if he wants to find a new deal elsewhere. And he's going to have to do it at some point this year. And like you said, I mean, he's still got about $10 million coming to him this year. So, if he doesn't, if he's not ready to go week one, then the paychecks will stop at some point. I don't know. So I guess should we play the game again? You think it's done by this time next week? Um, I am going to go with no. Yeah, I agree. I th- my prediction on this is it gets worked out after the last preseason game. I, 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 I whatever happens, I, I hope you're right. I do hope uh, it's it's before. I would really like it if it was before next week. Um, oh, one of the things I did want to mention is uh, Derwin James got signed. Mm-hmm. Um, so Another hold-in. Yeah, another hold-in. Uh, another one of the guys that was looking for a new deal, um, was expected to get a new deal. I mean, we have all, as Bears fans, uh, thought that he was going to get a new deal with the new regime, that Poles would come in and get him signed. As you've said multiple times before, we kind of felt like this would have been done back in April. Um, and so there there certainly is some uh, of this that weight that is on management. Yeah. But while we both felt he executed a shrewd, clever move with his letter in this plucking of the heartstrings, the whole St. Omni thing, wow, uh, that left a bad taste in my mouth. It, it said, it's, it was like you were saying, you know, ever since then, things have been kind of rolling down the wrong part of the hill for him, yeah. and he's looking a little bit like an idiot now. Yeah, for sure. He looks like he's in over his head, which, by the way, like he, as we've talked about, he doesn't have the agent, right? And I had an interview today with Andrew Brandt because it's always thrown around that you have to pay your agent 3%. I was listening to Andrew Brandt, who worked in the front office for the Packers for a really long time, great analyst now, and he said that he thinks that any agent that would do a deal with Roquan Smith would probably do it for less than 1%, just because a lot of times when you have these high-priced free agents, agents need to take a haircut on that number just to get in the right. door. So it's like if he signs a $90 million contract, he's got to pay the agent nine hundred grand, like doesn't seem like it should be that big of a deal so i i don't really understand why he just doesn't have an agent that can handle this situation at this point but alas he clearly doesn't because as you said his buddy saint omni is <laughs> like gosh what a, so whatever and, you know uh whatever the contract actually is um you know that it wasn't way out of whack i i, I refuse to believe that um now even when that happened uh, with Robinson and Pace, the way I understood that, that first year that they were talking about it, the difference was Robinson wanted $18 million, Pace wanted to pay him $16 million, right? So there's not, a huge, there's not a huge gap there. 
both of us believe that it should have been done right there. Right. He would probably still be with the Bears if it would have been done. Yep. But the it, anyway, I digress as far as that is concerned. All I'm saying was it wasn't like Pace was offering him 12. Right. Right. Okay. So I'm pretty sure if we were able to see this deal where Rokon is maybe wanting 22 million, right? 23 million. And uh, maybe Poles is saying, you know, I, I've heard the rumor of 19, uh, you know, like, like 19 and a half, right? I, I just, I don't see anybody out there looking at Roquan Smith saying he deserves the highest deal at his position. I just, I don't see it. No, and I think that's where the Schefter report came from. And going back to Derwin James, like, the key difference here is the Chargers are trying to win a Super Bowl this year. Right. Like, they're looking at this and saying, we need our best defensive player out there week one. I don't think the Bears necessarily think that. I think they say if Roquan doesn't want to show up week one, then he's not going to get paid, and... We'll take him when he wants to come back because... And, and let's be clear, Derwin James, since he came into the league as a very high pick, has consistently been ranked as one of the top defenders in the NFL. Yeah, he's awesome. As in, he goes above and beyond his position as a safety, right? And so, you know, we're talking about Derwin James is specifically elite. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it, right? Yeah. Any team in the NFL would have been happy to give that guy big fat money. That's not the same player as Roquan Smith. No, Derwin James is, yeah, top 30 players in the NFL. Maybe that's top 50 for sure. Like we like Roquan Smith. We think Roquan Smith is a top 10 linebacker. Is he a top three? No. And I think that, you know, I think that's obvious. I think that's the consensus around the league. So it's nothing we can do but wait to see how it gets resolved. Right. So um, we, uh, just a couple of minutes. Uh, anything you're excited to see tomorrow night? Uh, I, I think probably just Jenkins, see how much he plays, getting a first look at a couple of the other rookies. And I think the biggest thing is with Fields just – Hopefully he gets a little bit more protection this time. Hopefully the Seahawks aren't in the backfield as much right away. And other than that, just everyone stay healthy, please. We don't need any injuries in the preseason. Yes. Any more than we've already had, by the way. There's already a couple of players that have been knocked out for all occasions. Yes, I, I, I actually wouldn't be upset at all if uh, Justin Fields didn't even come out on the field. Uh, I, th <laughs> no. I, I think that's, uh, he, that he will. Um, they, uh, do max protect around him. Uh, but the one guy I am excited to see, and I think he's going to bust one is Bayless Jones. All right. I, I do. I think maybe not for a touchdown, but, uh, I think you're going to see, uh, him bust out, uh, a long one at some point in the game. I like it. And so. I'm still waiting for my guy, Dominique Robinson to just knock somebody's head off in one of these preseason <laughs> games. Tomorrow might be the night. I have heard that he has looked pretty good, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got all the skills. It's just he's been playing defensive end for, what, like a year or so. <laughs> yeah. It'll take some time to probably get him into... His transfer from receiver to defensive from end. From quarterback to receiver to defensive yeah. end. Most important debut that's going to be happening tomorrow is I will be going to Allery's for the first time. Woohoo! 
the Bears Bar in St. Paul. I couldn't make it last weekend, but I will be there tomorrow. Probably not for the full game, but at least for some chicken wings and maybe a, a cold soda or two. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Uh, that's uh, it for us this week. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks, everyone. Bear down.